Good morning, everybody. Um, today is going to be a different episode. There is no introduction. I'm not coming to you uh, with a large amount of enthusiasm because at the present moment, I'm disgusted. I had total intentions of continuing the leadership series this week. But given the nature of what happened in our country this week, I felt like it would be beneath me and it would totally be against the purpose of this podcast for me not to address the actions that happen in our capital. So I want to make very clear that the statements that I'm about to make are going to be specifically about that situation. Um, and I am not by any means whatsoever going to sugarcoat or hold back on my opinion of what happened. And I'm also going to make sure that you understand that I am not giving you opinionated suggestions based off of false information. Every single thing that I'm going to say to you today is total fact. Now, there is so much to unpack about Wednesday. But before I even get started with that, there may have been somebody, I doubt it very seriously, but there may have been somebody listening who was under a rock or on another planet Wednesday. So the general recap of what happened. Wednesday was the day that the Congress did a joint session to certify the Electoral College's votes for the presidency. It was already known that there was going to be some opposition to the swing state votes that were given to Joe Biden. There was already a last-minute petition put together by members of the House of Representatives and senators that they had all intentions to push forward. There was a last-minute court case that was thrown out there, just all kind of different things that were there leading up to this day. It was also made known that there was going to be a rally right outside of the Capitol building. So as this process took place, this rally was held outside, and at this rally, there were numerous speakers, one of which was the current sitting president, Donald J. Trump. There were a lot of fiery speeches made, and during the same time that this rally was going on and these fiery speeches were made, and the very first contest of a state's vote was made, and both chambers of Congress were sent to their respected areas so that they could move forward with the vote. So once the speeches were over, namely in particular the speech that made clear that the goal was to leave the rally and march to the Capitol, that is exactly what this group did. They broke through the barricade, they marched up to the Capitol, and they basically assaulted the Capitol building. They broke windows, kicked in doors, they assaulted police officers, staff members, they pushed through the Capitol Guard, they committed vandalism, looting, they pillaged the building, took selfies, they took videos, pictures. It was absolutely out of this world. While all of this destruction was going on, the president was inside of a tent, along with some of his cabinet members, mostly his family, watching this anarchy unfold. The first voice that the world hears addressing 
the actions that are taking place is the president-elect Joe Biden, who, along with others, had to beg the president to come out and say something to the mob that was destroying the Capitol, that had caused all of these people to run and cower in fear of being assaulted or possibly killed. Violence erupted throughout the entire Capitol. And hours later, hours later, this group was disbanded. In the midst of all of this, five people lost their lives. One of them was a Capitol Police officer. Now, I have so much to say about this situation that I think it's best if I just go down the list of the who, what, when, where's, and why's. Because this has really struck a nerve in so many people in so many ways. And there's so much hypocrisy built into this situation. The lead up to it, the existence inside of it, and the actions that are happening afterwards. So the first thing I want to talk about is who were these people? Who should be responsible for this action and who they were not? Now, the short answer for this whole section is really simple. The first question about who were these people is really simple. They were Trump supporters. The second question about who's responsible will directly Trump and his cabinet. But indirectly, there are a lot of people that deserve that blame. You see, just like always, anytime this guy does something crazy, he goes off the hinge. His people go off the hinge. There's, there's something weird that they do. All of these excuses and all of these conspiracy theories pop up to explain away the actions that are right in people's faces. We've looked at it this whole presidency, all all four years of his presidency, people have continued to try to make excuses for this guy and his actions. So the first thing that people pop out of their mouth is, oh, it's Antifa inside of this group. Or some people even went as far as saying, oh, it's Black Lives Matter disguised. You know what's great about living in this century? We have technology. Technology that's used all the time by law enforcement agents all over the country. We get speeding tickets now because people are able to zoom a camera in and catch your license plate. We get tickets for playing on our phones in our cars while we're driving because we have cameras that can zoom in to see that. I don't understand how so many quick-minded bright individuals can demonstrate some of the dumbest and most idiotic approaches to facts that are right in your face. One of the lawmakers that's actually inside of this joint meeting of Congress stated that a face recognition company identified multiple Antifa members inside of this group. So of course, People are going to investigate that statement. And upon that investigation, they found out that no, they didn't find a single Antifa member inside of that group. However, they found some other very striking individuals inside of that group. For instance, we'll start with two well-known white supremacists that they identified. Not to mention, they found a state representative inside of that group from West Virginia 
Who decided to post video of him in the crowd and then take it down? But their identification tactics didn't stop there. No, they found multiple state legislators inside of this crowd. They didn't find any Antifa. They didn't find any Black Lives Matter. They didn't find anybody else. They found the people that were raising the noise about this particular issue in the crowd. Stop creating these conspiracies and these theories that are not backed up by facts, except the fact that these are the people who raided the Capitol. And trust and believe you might hear a little anguish in my voice in this podcast because I am upset. I am not, however, upset with the act because I know enough about our history to know that this is not above anybody. I never thought that this could never happen. My anger arises from the hypocrisy that I see each and every single day. The double standard. I can watch video of people of my color, African-Americans that are doing little to nothing, get drugged in the street by the police. I can watch video of a man running in the opposite direction of an officer get shot that looks like me. But in this video where people storm the Capitol, the most sacred locations that we call dear to our country and our government, people stormed this building and lived to talk about it. I mean, there were, there were QAnon individuals inside of this coup. As a matter of fact, Anybody can see on any news syndication, there's a guy running around looking like he's the, the, the chief from the YMCA music video. That guy is a large QAnon conspirator. As a matter of fact, there's more photos of him riding around in planes, chilling with Rudy Giuliani, who was also one of the speakers before this assault. On the Capitol. There were even individuals who were on video talking to news anchors, talking in their cell phones, explaining things. There's a young lady that's on video and she's upset because she got pepper sprayed because they're going into the building. It's a revolution. She says it out of her own mouth. It's a revolution. Accept it, people. Stop making excuses for these people. They are who they are, but you know who they weren't? They weren't black people. Now, let me clarify something. There were a few black people in the crowd, just like there were a few straw bosses and house slaves back in the day that absolutely loved their master. And understand that history has proven to us that the oppressors have no problem finding people that are a part of the oppressed to give their message and their view to the world. But ladies and gentlemen, let's be clear about one thing. We don't know that they weren't black because of the video, even though that was obvious. You can see it. You can see the majority of the crowd from the technology. We don't know that they weren't black because of the attire that they had on, the hats and the shirts and the flags. We know that they weren't black Because they walked out the front door. They did everything that they did. Thousands of dollars of damage. 
looting, pillaging. They took documents that were sacred and sensitive. And five people lost their lives. Now, you might say, well, at the time, five people hadn't lost their lives. No, but one person had that we know of, and three were injured. But these people walked out the front door. No handcuffs. They weren't carried. They weren't escorted. The police officers held the door for them to walk out. Not to mention that there's footage that's out there of police officers opening the gates for them to run in. And there's a whole nother video of police officers opening a side door for these people to walk into the Capitol from the side. One of the officers even put his hand around one of the guys. It was like a bro moment. You know how we know they weren't black? Because they're not dead. If President Obama would have stood in front of a crowd and said the things that Rudy Giuliani or Donald Trump or any one of the speakers up there said, he would have been arrested on the spot. There would have been a national outrage for him saying anything. I remember a situation that happened during President Obama's presidency where he made one statement that something that a police officer did was stupid. There was national outrage for that one statement. Donald Trump instigated a riot, an insurrection, an assault on this country. And the people that did this assault walked out the front door. If you can rewind back to the Black Lives Matter protests, there were officers and National Guard members standing in lock arms on those steps and on steps of other monuments throughout the Capitol. During one of the protests, Donald Trump actually ordered for peaceful protesters to be tear gassed and removed by force so that he could walk down the road and take a picture. So explain to me how there isn't a double standard. These people did the one thing that no one has done in the Black Lives Matter community. No one has done with the Black Lives Matter movement. No one has, even Antifa hasn't assaulted the Capitol. Antifa is a horrible organization. They've done a lot of horrible things and they continue to, but they hadn't done that. And you know what's even crazier? The coverage of all this during the Black Lives Matter movement when they were rioting and pillaging in other areas, these news syndications, these individuals that are pro-Trump, oh, these are, are villains, criminals. They should be locked up, hurt, beat. Where is that energy now? So the conversation about who's responsible, that really shouldn't even be a question on the direct matter. Because just moments before this assault happened from these rioters, Donald Trump and a few people that he chose, I'm sure, gave speeches to this very same crowd. In this speech, Donald Trump says things like, we will never concede. He says something like, let's go down here and give these people 
the boldness to do what they need to do. There was more rhetoric than that. Rudy Giuliani said that we should have trial by combat. There were other speakers there who were saying other things that gave this group of people the ambition to go out here and do what they did. When this thing started, the president was sitting in a tent watching it happen. He tweets out as this continues to unfold for these people to remain calm. When were they calm? What, the drive up there? Because they weren't calm then. But you know, what's crazy is, where is that old energy that he had back when people were protesting for George Floyd? And he wanted to say things like, we have to have law and order. Or how about the famous quote, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Where was that energy? See, that's what gets under my skin is the hypocrisy. Every single person that got on that stage is responsible for the actions that that crowd did. Every single person that spoke on that microphone that day is responsible for the anger and the frustration and the direction that those people went in. But they're not alone. You see, every senator and every House of Representative member that co-signed on this fabricated idea of an election being stolen after multiple situations, investigations, uh, state recounts, after countless things were done to prove that the numbers were accurate and what they were supposed to be, all of these individuals who continued to propagate that idea, they're responsible too. Did you know that even after all of the carnage and all of the destruction that happened on Wednesday, when the joint session of Congress came together, there were still senators and House of Representative members who were still co-signing on this crazy idea that the election was stolen. Still, after all of that, after all of the destruction, after people have lost their lives for a despicable lie, people still had the gall to co-sign on this garbage. But you know what, though? They're not alone either. Every person who backed this guy, knowing how dangerous he was, knowing his capabilities, watching him for four years, every single individual who was willing to put their neck out there to give this guy excuses, to give this guy conspiracy theories, to back him on his moves, every single individual who continued to prop this guy up as some type of savior for this country, and as bad as it is for me to say, as much as it hurts me to say this, every church and every evangelical individual who continue to prosper this guy as some type of move of God, the blood of these five people are on your hand. You knew what this dude was, and you continued to push him forward. You continued to be a champion for his cause, knowing that one day this guy was going to erupt and this was going to happen. It didn't take a lot to see that. 
You didn't need any divine intervention to understand that Donald Trump was evil. But because he catered to you, because he gave you what you wanted, he gave you your judges, he said all the right things on television, he put his himself in the middle of what was going on with the controversies between homosexuality and gay rights and marriage and Israel and all that. You decided to back a man that meant nothing for nobody but himself. And now look what you got. People are dead because of you. People are hurt because of you. I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing I'm saying. And I definitely believe that some of the people that hear this are going to be upset with me. But you know what? It's okay. Be mad. Be upset. But understand that you contributed to this. You may not have been a direct pushing or driving force for the actions that happened Wednesday. But you definitely contributed to this guy believing that he had enough power and influence to be able to do whatever he wanted. The man stood up at a rally in Ohio and said he could shoot somebody in the middle of the street and his people would still follow him. I believe that 120% now. I believe that Donald Trump could kill a man and there would still be some of you that decide that he's the best thing for America. You know how I know that's true? Because he just killed five people he just murdered five people and there are still some of you out there right now trying to make excuses for the things that he did and the actions that he took that's despicable there are some people out there right now and i know it they're gonna get up on sunday morning jump in front of a congregation and make all of the excuses in the world for donald trump There are some people that are going to try to be so biblical, so holy, so inspirational about what we're seeing right now. Stop. It is what it is. This dude is a clown and he's a tyrant and he has destroyed the balance in this country. And if you can't see that, then you are blind. Now, I don't know what your motivation for being blind is. It could be something absolutely okay. You could just be missing the mark. That's all right. But four years of an example is way too much time. I don't profess to know everything. I don't claim to be the most knowledgeable person in the world or the smartest person in the room. But I'm going to tell you what I'm not. I'm not an idiot. It does not take me long to see that a duck is a duck. And so you know what makes this so much worse is the hypocrisy that's just bred into it. Because there are so many people who want to buck Black Lives Matter. But listen, these people killed a police officer. Where's the Blue Lives Matter people now? Where y'all at? I'm not hearing anything. I'm not hearing the outrage of this crowd killing one of our fellow individuals. You see, that's what irritates people like me because i'm not looking at this situation like oh it's just an event i'm looking at everything that people do you scream all lives matter these same people i can guarantee you every single one of the individuals that was a part of this riot was one of the people that had everything to say about colin kaepernick kneeling during the anthem oh my god he's an insult to the country he's horrible These same people that every time somebody says black lives matter, they want to say, well, all lives matter. These same people. Well, why aren't you going crazy over officer that got killed here? Officer got killed there. Blue lives matter. Okay. 
Listen, if all of that is true, where is that energy now? Where are you at? Because right now, guess what? People died. An officer died as well as other individuals. As a matter of fact, for you, all lives matter individuals. The first lady that died was white. So where are you? I know where you are. I know exactly where you are. And it's sad. So now we have to talk about what they wanted and what were they willing to give to get it. You see, during the Black Lives Matter movement that's going on still, during the civil rights movement, during all of these different protests that have happened historically, all people wanted was equality and equity. You know what we wanted during slavery? You know why we were willing to die to run? Because we wanted to be treated like people. We wanted to be treated like individuals, like what, what people should be treated like. We didn't want to be treated like chattel. During the civil rights movement, we wanted the dignity to be able to live like everybody else. We wanted to stop dying, stop being hung, stop being lynched, stop being beat up, stop from our women being raped, our children being beat down. That's what we wanted back then. That's what we want now. We want you to stop sending our people to prison for nothing. We want you to stop prioritizing people before us. We want all of the dignity that goes along with being a human being. That's what we want. Do you know what these people wanted? Do you know what these Trump supporters wanted on Wednesday? They wanted to change a vote because their guy lost. That's the first lesson I teach my children when they play sports and lose. There are losers and there are winners. You cannot be a sore loser. This was a crowd of sore losers and they were willing to die just to get a vote changed. Think about that, people. Think about that. They were willing to die to change an election. They were willing to kill to get their point across. Black people willing to die for equality and equity. This group willing to die to change a vote. They even wrote on the door, kill the media. You can see it on the video. It's right there. Like, I don't, I don't understand if you can't see the hypocrisy now, then you're just blind. You're just blind. I am and anybody else that tries are just wasting their breath talking to you about what you should understand about the condition of America. If you can't see it now, now I'm not going to take up a whole bunch of time talking about where this happened and when, because you know, but I do want to talk about how, because there are two very disturbing videos out there of live coverage of this situation. And I'm telling you guys that there had to have been more going on in the background than just these guys showing up and getting in. There's one video that shows a small group of police officers opening a gate to let the rioters in from one side. From another side, there's another video that shows police officers actually opening a door to a side entrance inside of the Capitol and allowing a large group of individuals to walk into the Capitol. That video is so disturbing that it almost made me cringe when I first saw it because you even see some friendship inside of the video. You got guys hugging each other. I mean, you practically should have kissed. That should make you pause, ladies and gentlemen. 
That should make you stop and wonder just how deep this situation was. Was this really just Trump inspiring a group to take action? Or could this have been something that they planned for weeks, months? They found pipe bombs around the Capitol. Pipe bombs. Like they intended to cause mass destruction. You don't just spontaneously do that. Do you think it's coincidental that Trump was sitting in a tent watching this? Do you think that the speeches that they gave were coincidental? Ladies and gentlemen, people should go to prison for a long time for this. But this all leads me to the why. There are a lot of people out there that listen to the podcast, a lot of people that I talk to on a regular basis. And I know a few people that are sports fans. There are a lot of people that have their own opinion about LeBron James. Whether you like LeBron James's own the court decisions, his financial decisions, his team decisions, the one thing that nobody can take away from LeBron James is what he has done for our community and for communities all around the United States. When asked about this situation, LeBron James echoed a sentiment that was spoken throughout much of the NBA's night on Wednesday. And LeBron James says something that has definitely resonated with me. We live in two different Americas. We live in two different Americas. Because there's an America where the actions of these individuals was met with the same common courtesy that the Capitol building would have gave a guest. They allowed him to walk out the building and even gave him camera time. In this America, You've got a news syndication that is putting forth every single effort they can to justify what these people did. In this America, you can storm a government building. No, I'm sorry. You can storm one of the most important government buildings and leave alive, intact, no injury, with just about every piece of dignity that you had going in. As a matter of fact, at this point, you're probably famous. But there's a different America, ladies and gentlemen. There's a different American for African Americans. See, in our America, we can't get close to the Capitol when we protest because we've got armies and droves keeping us away. And the minute that we step forward, we get gassed or we get tased or we get dog sicked on us or we get shot. See, in our America, we don't get to steal a police car, drive away, get captured and live to talk about it. We get shot for running from the police at a food establishment. See, in one America, you've got the ability to allow your children to go out and not worry that they're going to be oppressed or even killed. But in another America, my son can't even play at the park with a play gun because I'm afraid that an officer is going to shoot him because he thinks it's a real gun. You don't have to worry about that in your America. But in my America, Everything is a danger. Every minute I turn a corner, every time I turn on the TV, everything that I do, I have to worry if it's going to cause me or some of mine our lives. You don't have to worry about that in your America. And if you can't see that now, then you're blind. And I don't want to hear any rhetoric about religion because trust and believe there's two different Americas when it comes to God, too. You see, there are platforms in place. And they separate us at every level. 
And until you realize that, you're just living a dream, thinking that you can walk out of these doors and be equal to the people that are walking outside. If I would have been on that stage inciting black people to do what they did, I would never see the light of day. I would have been locked up. But that's the America that I live in. And until you can understand that, until you can see that and witness that, you're never going to understand what it takes for you to be able to really give honor and respect to the fight that African-Americans are making in this country. So, no, I'm not going to hold my tongue. I'm not going to be restrained when it comes down to talking about the hypocrisy of what I have seen this week. Am I upset that these people did this? Oh, yeah. How dare you desecrate our country like this? Walking around inside of the Capitol with a Confederate flag. You lost the war, buddy. But my anger is not at the actions of these individuals. My anger is at the action that are not equally given. There's a statement that was made on Facebook, and I liked it. It was a great quote. And I'm going to end this podcast right here on this quote. And I hope I don't paraphrase it wrong, but I think you'll get the understanding. We don't want you to kill them the way that you kill us. We just want you to not kill us the way that you don't kill them. 